It's only mid-December, but we've got an early Christmas present for you. Leaf Tulane and I are going to let you know the eight teams capable of making this year's Final Four. You are Locked On College Basketball, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, welcome into the Locked On College Basketball Podcast, the only daily national college basketball show out there. I'm your host, Isaac Shade, and joining me as he does every Thursday is our guy, Leaf Tulane. We want to thank you for making our show your first listener watch every single day. On today's show, as I said, we're going to each drop for you the teams that we believe are the eight teams capable of making this year's Final Four. Uh, We've each kind of approached it in different ways, and I love that because it gives you a little bit of a different list. But before we get there, we got to talk about Alabama following up their win over number one Houston by holding off the Memphis Tigers on Tuesday night back in Tuscaloosa. And and Leaf, this game finished 91 to 88. But but having watched it, I gotta say that like part of that is just Memphis getting a three at at the buzzer, and uh, really it felt like Alabama had control of this game most of the way. The second half, still a highly competitive game, but perhaps the bigger storyline for me, aside from Bama continuing to to win good games, is that Kendrick Davis is awesome for Memphis, and Brandon Miller is awesome for Alabama. What are you taking away, especially as an NBA draft guy, from these two young men? Yeah, Brandon Miller is scoring the most points per game of any freshman, so you could make the little the, the claim that he's a bit older, so it's a little less sure, of a transition. Sure. That's that's fair, but he he is sensational. He, he's a he's a diaper dandy, as Dickie V would say. So Thank he's that. He's a uh, he, he certainly fits that billing. He, he's a lottery pick for me. I, I was singing his praises before the season because I, I think it's a pretty rare combination of size and shooting ability and an individual creation. He's had a few games where you're like, oh, he he lacks burst because he's played against Andre Jackson, Leaky Black. And um, he had one other game where he wasn't particularly good. But Alabama's found a way to win. That was against Houston. Houston's, you know, tenacious on defense. Sure, sure. Alabama's found a way to win. He's their best player. When he's off, they've found ways to pick up the slack, and it's been really impressive. And as for Kendrick Davis, I think he's a front runner. If it were to be truly positional in terms of point guard, shooting guard, and so on and so forth, he'd be the favorite, I'd say, right now to be the point guard slot as an All-American. And, and he's First team? First team? I think so. I, wow, I'm not I love saying it. he will all the way through, but as of right now, I'd say he would get the vote. Yeah, I mean, he's just doing ridiculous things there for the Memphis Tigers. I'm looking back at his numbers right now, 30 and 27 in the last two games, and, and efficient in so doing was 11 for 22 from the field there against, um, excuse me, <laughs> uh, against Alabama. And so, yeah, just great stuff there you love to see kind of his progression from the various schools he's played at um, most recently SMU before being at Memphis but as for Brandon Miller yeah I I was really impressed because as you said he had a bit of an off game against Houston last Saturday had just eight points and honestly most of those I think was like six free throws in the final minute of the game if I'm remembering correctly but goes off in this one 24 points 7 of 13 from the field, 3 of 5 from – or excuse me, 4 of 8 from 3. And that part of what I love about his game is just his – he's still shooting 43.7% on a high volume of three-point attempts. And so very excited to see his continued development and how, as a freshman, he can help lead 
the Alabama Crimson Tide forward. Uh, more coming up about them, certainly, in the show. Now, Leaf, one of the things I want to ask about is this week we've got these kind of three there are seven undefeated teams left in the nation three of them though are at the top of the game and that would be in some order UConn Purdue and the Virginia Cavaliers and I know officially in the AP poll it is Purdue at the top of the poll as of right now do you agree with that or do they have it wrong I don't have a huge qualm but I would I would put them lower um the the just to recap for those of you who are listening to this, Purdue beat Duke and Gonzaga in a weekend, and that's the, those are their big wins. Virginia have, have beaten uh, Baylor and Illinois, and then UConn has won their Phil Knight Invitational with a bit of a weaker field because North Carolina was eliminated by Iowa State. So they beat Iowa State, and they beat Oregon and Alabama. And Alabama. So Alabama is turning into looking like a better win than, than it did even then as Alabama's number four in the poll just joined the Huskies. But for those of you who are statistically inclined, uh, Connecticut has a 26-and-a-half-point differential, meaning they're winning their games by more than Purdue and Virginia. Purdue's got a 15-and-a-half and Virginia 14.2. So I, I think if I were to go based off just early season with no ramifications down the road – yeah. I think it's got to be UConn, and I and I think you and I share that sentiment. I will say yep. each team's got two good wins to their to their tally and a few solid ones, but yep. UConn's won by the most, and they haven't been threatened. So that that would be the team I would go for as well. Yeah, I'm with you. We, in fact, Andy Patton, my co-host, and I on on Monday's show before the polls had come out, we said like for us, UConn is as it stands right now, as you said, and I think that's an important marker in the sand is who knows how it will continue to progress. And we're about to get into Biggie's play and we'll see if UConn can continue this trajectory. But for me, for what they've done right now, uh, they're my number one team. Absolutely. But as you said, I'm not, I'm not going to quibble over Purdue being number one. I could even see somebody making an argument for Virginia at number one. And, and we see that in the AP poll result results where all three teams have a very similar level of first place votes and a very i believe they're within a hundred total points of each other in the ap poll and so um I, you know we have our preferences but that's probably about right to have those three teams in some order but yet very close to each other and so while we would both prefer uconn I, I get the case for Purdue right now. I would imagine it's more likely that Purdue will fall, will will put more L's in that column as we go through the season, just because of the sheer depth of the Big Ten. Yeah, Purdue Purdue's got the hardest task to remain with a record that's as clean as it. Obviously, undefeated is kind of an unrealistic expectation, sure. but they've got the hardest task to remain with a with an untarnished record. And the thing about Purdue is their two wins were teams that that appeared to be better than they were, and I think both those teams are getting better now, and it puts more stock into what Purdue does. And Zach Eadie's going to have to be sensational. Right now he's the player of the year in my eyes, and I think in most people's eyes. It'll be hard to be that dominant in a big-centric league like the Big Ten. Absolutely, it will. Well, Leaf's going to tell you more about UConn in just a minute as he unveils the eight teams he believes are Final Four capable this season. We're going to talk about that in just a moment. But first, this episode is brought to you by the NHTSA. 
you're hanging out with some friends, you're putting back a few drinks, a few becomes too many, and the evening comes to an end. People start to head out, and you think of calling for a ride, but you know what? Nah, you live nearby. You can make it home okay. It's not a big deal. What are the odds you're going to get pulled over? And even so, what's the worst that can happen? Your insurance goes up, you lose your license, you lose your job, you total your car, or worse yet, you kill someone. Everyone knows about the risks of driving drunk. The results are tragic and often deadly. However, that still doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel while they're under the influence. That's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads to save lives. So if you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks, think again. Play it safe and plan ahead to get a ride. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. Drive sober or get pulled over. For your second listen today, we want to ask you to check out Locked on Sports today. From the games that matter most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights that only Locked on can provide. Locked on Sports today, available on YouTube and anywhere else you get podcasts. All right, folks, so here's what we're doing for the rest of the show. Leaf and I have both compiled a list of the eight teams we believe can make the Final Four this season or, or are mo- most likely to do so. We don't. There are obviously teams outside of this or fringe teams that we both have, and if we have time as we talk, we'll get to those. But one of the things is that we haven't set up sp- specific parameters of how to decide our eight team list. And so we both have some differences based on how we set it up. And I love that. So what we're going to do is Leaf is going to unveil his first, and then I'll give mine to you next. And we'll have some conversation about it. So Leaf, without further ado, take it away. All righty. So when outlining eight teams, I, I thought of the typical recipe of who, who can win, win the tournament or, or who can make the final four. And typically those are teams with a lot of, heavy guard play so they got a rotation of, of typically veteran or star guards and they can be disruptive on the defensive end whether that means forcing turnovers uh forcing their will in terms of tempo and there's gonna be teams that do it differently but typically they're very steady defensively and they have a steady diet of guards so you, that i'm just kind of outlining that because that's going to be a recurring theme and you'll notice one team on here doesn't make the cuss that will surprise you because of that <laughs> So I, I did this I, when we first thought of this idea. I did this before the Chris Beard news, so I want to put put that uh, out there. And and I think that uh, that Texas would have been very high on the list um, before. So I don't want to pu- punish them for something that was not their basketball team. Yeah. Um. So Texas, Virginia, Arkansas, Duke, UConn, Tennessee, Houston, and then Illinois mm-hmm. are the eight teams. And I'll just run through all of them. Texas, Marcus Carr, Tyrese Hunter, um, and, and a few others. But also the other the factor about Texas that makes them extremely dangerous is both those guys are, are by themselves um, borderline all American caliber and may, probably right. won't. Neither of them will probably get it because they play together. They cancel each but, other out. That's right. <laughs> but, but Tyrese Hunter made a sweet 16 last year as a freshman. Uh, with Iowa State, which wasn't as talented of a team. Yeah. Texas is a better team. They also have guys like Timmy Allen, who's a former Pac-12 all-conference uh, all guy. Uh, Christian Bishop was a very good player at Creighton. Uh, you've got Dylan. Dylan Mitchell was the number four recruit in the country, and you don't get number four recruits buying into a role like he has. So that makes them a nightmare defensively, and they have a lot of guys who can score offensively. Virginia, 
they have a guy like Kihei Clark who's been there for five years. He's won a national championship. Reese Beekman may be the best defender in the country for a guard. Um, Kaysen Wallace may have something to say about that, but that is, <laughs> that is, that is going to be a discussion. Yeah. Um, they, Virginia, they're not as turnover-centric in terms of they force you into turnovers, but they slow the pace. So that's why I put that little nugget in there. They slow the pace enormously. Virginia is also shooting extremely well. Will yeah, it come are. down to earth? Probably. But yep. coming down to earth from 40% means you're still shooting the ball well as a team. They, they're they very egalitarian. They've got a lot of guys who score. Jaden Gardner, you could argue, is um, is their fourth or fifth best player. He scored 2,000 points in college basketball. Um, ben Vanderplas off the bench allows them to go small, and they have the capacity to go big. Arkansas, if they had Trayvon Brazil, they might even contend for my number one spot because I, I really agree. believe in the growth curve of what Arkansas has. They've got elite guard play, both freshmen, um, in their backcourt, but then they have Ricky Council as a junior, and that makes me um, makes me very excited for the fact that if one of them's off, they both can they both can score and and you know do their thing, contribute, and they also force a lot of turnovers. They're switchable, and they really really get out in passing lanes. Uh, Duke has the most most growth potential of any team right now. They're not a top eight team in the country, both in the AP poll and in my eyes. That said, they have two players that were top two in the recruiting classes in Dariq Whitehead and Derek Lively that haven't played even anywhere close to their potential. They're going to get better. Yeah. They already have good guard play in Jeremy Rocha Jr. and Tyrese Proctor running the point guard as, the, as a freshman, and that makes them better, allowing Rocha to just score. And they've got size on the interior. Defensively, they can be switchable. They can also alter a ton of shots because they've got some giants in the front court. And you could argue Kyle Filipowski is their best player right now. Is he going to be on the march? Well, the fact that we, that's a question. Yeah, that's a question, makes, exactly. That makes them really, really dangerous. UConn. UConn right now, I told you, is my, my the best team in the country in my eyes. That said, I think one of their issues is their three-point shooting down the road will also plateau. Uh, can they score if Jordan Hawkins is off? Can they score if Adama Sanogo is in foul trouble? Well, they were able to answer a few of these questions when Andre Jackson was was injured. They were still able to win games. Jordan Hawkins barely played uh, in a game where they ran Iowa State out of the gym. Iowa State's <laughs> a really good defensive team. And Donovan Klingon came in and answered the questions about Adamas and Nogo, saying, hey, you know, we can score just fine when he's when he's out of the game. He's a nice little backup for you. <laughs> sure is. I mean, he, he's going to be the freshman of the year in the Big East in, in all odds. Um Houston, Houston lost, and and they've got some offensive issues. But man, when you can defend as ferociously as Houston, you're going to have a chance. This is a more talented team than the team that made the Final Four. This is a more talented team than the made the team that made the Elite Eight. Yeah. So they're they're they're. I don't have to explain that too much. But then, if you want want one more little explanation, Jamal Shedd and Marcus Sasser is your backcourt. That's Not a backcourt. Right Mark's pretty good himself. So you got a three guard backcourt. One is a tenacious bulldog. The other one's a gifted score. And the third, you know, somewhere in between the two. And then they've got got size on the front court and talent that they typically don't have in the front court in Drace Walker. And yeah. lastly, you're saying, man, where is Purdue, the number one team in the AP poll? And the answer for me is I gave Illinois. Illinois has has the ability, and I'm a little nervous about this take, but I'll explain why. They have four <laughs> or five guards that that can defend the ball, that can score. They have two wings that are dynamic scores that when they're on, they're really, really hard to beat in Matthew Meyer and Terrence Shannon Jr. Uh, they're getting yes. back Luke Goody. They're, they're getting back Luke Goody. You can really shoot the ball. RJ Melendez can really shoot the ball and their best player. I haven't even mentioned that's Coleman Hawkins. 
And so that, 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 you know, that's seven, eight players that are really good. They're defensively better than Purdue and they're better than most teams in the big 10. They're better than most teams in the country that way. And when they play fast, they turn you over. And when they play slow, they've got the capacity and size to match up on the interior. So there is my eight. The consistent theme is defense switchability and multiple players who can score the ball in different ways. Uh, I'm sure there's there's going to be some teams that that shift. If you ask me the sure. same question from a month from now, sure. but as I see it, these are the eight teams that I find capable of Final Four. And Leaf, say a couple words about Tennessee. I think you went from UConn straight into Houston. Oh, um, and we'd I love to hear your thoughts on Tennessee seven. as well. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. I was I was going to say I thought I only said seven. Um, that is because I'm a Nimrod. Um, <laughs> Tennessee. Tennessee has the same recipe as a team like Houston. They have very good depth in their backcourt. They're older. Zakai Ziegler yes. is basically like Kihei Clark or Jamal Shedd, a very similar player in that same premise, defensively oriented guard. Santiago Vescovi is a veteran guard who can score the ball, shoot the three. And then their front court, there's just like eight or nine names that I can list for you. They've also got a freshman uh, similar to Texas in this regard. They've got Julian Phillips yeah. who can attack, uh, attack the rack. He can shoot a few threes. He doesn't need the ball, though, and he's accepted his role. Josiah Jordan-James is kind of not quite himself yet. He's coming back from injury. Yeah, injury. Olivier yeah. Kamwa. Um, th- there's a lot of players on Tennessee that can score, and they, they showed against Maryland recently the, the good Tennessee that can be up 20 points on a team that's top 20 in the nation. And then they showed the bad Tennessee that can just be stagnant and not pass the ball. And then they were able to win that game. But you know what? A win's a win, survive in advance, and they'll be able to compile wins under Rick Barnes' defense. Yes, absolutely they will. And, and I think that's the question for me is, is will the offense be able to do enough consistently in and out? We'll find out coming up on Saturday, man. They are at Arizona. That should be a fun game matching up. If I am correct, the nation's number one defensive efficiency team against the nation's number one offensive efficiency team at Ken Palm. That's right. So that is going to be a fun, fun game to watch this coming Saturday. Leaf, love your list. I'm going to tell you why it's wrong and why mine's right in just a second. Uh, But first, folks, this episode is brought to you by bet online which has you covered this season and it's your number one source for sports betting info stats news and analysis get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there from football to basketball soccer and esports they've got it all at betonline.net folks this saturday is a crazy slate of games make sure you go check it out and they'll have some great lines at bet online it's the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix so head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about all the trends in action bet online where the game starts all right i'm just kidding folks i'm not gonna blow up leaf's list why because mine looks so much like it there's just a few differences and nuances here or there by the way chiefly important we want to know your list jump into the comments dm us whatever it is let us know uh your eight teams who you think can make the final four this season. Now, uh, one of the things Leaf talked about as part of his biggest criteria is um, all, all those that guard play, the uh, the switchability, multiple scores, all that, and you saw that play out in his list. I am all in on those things, particularly uh, the the guard play. Man, I think that is so chiefly important in March. It's just uh, like 
it's the same as NBA playoffs when you just start looking at all these um, individual matchups and how they affect a, a series in the playoffs. And so uh, one of my biggest criteria, in addition to looking at guard play, it has to do with three-point shooting. Since the introduction of the three-point shot, no national champion has been lower than UConn's 32.9% in 2011. And in fact, of the 35 teams that have been national champions since the introduction of the three-point shot, only six have been under 35%. So for me, I'm looking at teams um, that have all these things that we're already talking about, but that are teams that are at least quite reliable from three-point range while recognizing the variability that relying on the three-point shot can bring with you when you have to win six games in a row. So I recognize that that is a big thing. So uh, as Leaf did, I'm going to quickly run through mine. We'll, We'll have some conversation back and forth and then see if we have a little bit of time to share with you some fringe teams that didn't quite make the cut. My list, um, Reads quite similarly. UConn, Houston, Purdue is on mine. It wasn't on Leafs, Virginia, Alabama, Kansas, and Arizona. So you see we're aligned on, I believe it's four teams, right? That we both have UConn, uh, Houston, Virginia, and oh, and I didn't say Kentucky. So I guess we only have three teams the same. So again, my list is UConn, Houston, Purdue, Virginia, Alabama, Kansas, Arizona, and Kentucky. Uh, For UConn, man, they're the only team in the country right now, top 10 at Ken Palm in both offensive and defensive efficiency. As of this recording, they are sixth in offensive efficiency and fourth in defensive efficiency. So very close to being top five in both, which is just bonkers. As Leaf has already said, they're shooting 37.6% from three. Um, Amongst the teams I considered, which was a group of about Oh, 25 to 30 or so. They have the highest number of attempts among all those teams I considered, and yet trail only Kentucky and Virginia, who Leaf talked about um, in terms of uh, percentage shooting. But UConn has over 100 more three-point attempts than Virginia and nearly 100 more than Kentucky. And so I love how they're filling it up. I love the balance from backcourt to frontcourt. Leafs already talked about a lot of that, so we won't spend much time there. Same with Houston. Everything that Leafs said, I'm all in for all of those reasons, but particularly that ridiculous backcourt of Jamal Shedd and Marcus Sasser. Hopefully that dude gets his eyes straight really soon because poor buddy is just not shooting all that well right now with his eye injury. I know Leaf didn't have Purdue on his list. And in fact, uh, I think Illinois is the only Big Ten team on your list, correct? Uh, yes. And I love it. I love it because I love what Illinois is doing too. I know um, that Coach Underwood was less than pleased with their performance uh, as they lost following up their big win over Texas, but better days are ahead for the fight in Illini. But for me, I am in on Purdue. I do share though Leafs concern that if you are able to have a big that can neutralize Zach Eady or get him in foul trouble, or he just has an off day. I, I feel like at this point, they've been a little too heavily reliant on his capability. And I feel like that's going to be fine, but it is something to monitor as we go forward, especially in a one-off scenario like the NCAA tournament. Uh, and, and Purdue though is also safe within my three point shooting metric. And so that is a win there, Virginia, uh, as we've said, 
just can hurt you in a lot of ways. Obviously, that that Tony Bennett uh, pack line defense is always going to be there. They're not quite as high as normally uh, as they are. They're 16th in adjusted D right now. I mean, that's still high elite level out of 363 division one teams, but it's not the you know top five that it might usually be. We'll keep an eye on that as the season moves forward. But when you've got a national champion running your show in Kihei Clark, who has made one of the single best passes in all of NCAA tournament history uh, to help defeat another team that I just named on this list in Purdue, um, it, it just I believe in them and what they are doing. Again, high percentage shooting from three. As Leaf said, it's probably going to come down, but even uh, still, it'll still land at worst, probably mid 30%, and you feel comfortable with that. A couple teams I want to get into that Leaf didn't doesn't have on his list. One of them is Alabama, whom, based on what they've been doing lately, like I already believed in them. Uh, and maybe that's, you know, coming off of seeing what they did um, out um, in, in Portland. But I, I just think they have so much. And a lot of what they're able to do is because the, the offense is going to be there, although there is some variability because of their reliance on three-point shooting, last year their defense was not there. They were 92nd in Ken Palm in defensive efficiency. Coming off of a year two years ago where they were third and that was the year where they were just slamming Nate Oates team was well guess what that defense is back this year they are currently 15th in defensive efficiency in the country and so with what Alabama has I'm back in on the tide because of that elite defense coming back we've already talked some of why we believe in them um, and they're shooting 34.7% with shooting a bunch of threes so again more variable but I believe in them. One of the questions is when you're relying on somebody like Mr. Miller, who we talked about earlier, is he going to be able to hold up throughout the season? We saw somebody uh, that's a similar player in um, Jabari Smith last year at Auburn, who, you know, the Tigers really fell off as the season went along there. Number six on my list is Kansas. One of the things we said coming into the year is that on paper, the Kansas roster is not what last year's national championship team was. And so if they want to take a leap uh, or stay at that level, Jalen Wilson is going to have to be huge for Kansas to do so. Well, guess what folks, Jalen Wilson has been huge for Kansas and I love to see that Grady Dick has been a tremendous freshman. Kevin McCuller is back again this year after transferring from Texas tech a couple years ago, phenomenal defender. I love Dewan Harris as their point guard. Um, is a true playmaker, can really get guys in a position to score and succeed. And again, is another national champion point guard, similar to Kihei Clark. And so I, I believe in Bill Self's team, despite a roster that is not as sexy as some other Jayhawks roster in the past. And they are within the three-point threshold that I'm looking at. Number seven uh, for me on the list here is the Arizona Wildcats. I know they have that loss at Utah. Utah's 40th at Ken Palm. That doesn't bother me all that much, but when you have this elite offense and they're able to do it in so many ways, I love the jump Umar Balo's had this year, uh, looking at other players like Azulo Stabellis, like that front court together, man, two juniors, and, and you love to see it. Pella Larson uh, was a, a, an early season kind of, hey, watch out for this guy prediction from my co-host Andy Patton. 
and um, Courtney Ramey is now in and going. I love what he brings to them, as well as Kurt Creasa, who's one of my favorite personalities in all of college basketball. I think that it will be Arizona or UCLA to challenge for Pac-12 dominance, but I really think the Wildcats are coming out on top of that. As for my last team on the list, it had come down to Kentucky and Baylor. For me, I think Baylor is probably the best three-guard lineup in the nation, but I just think that uh, similar to what Leaf said about Duke, I think as the season wears on, I know Kentucky isn't uh, where they want to be right now, but they're sixth in the nation at Ken Palm. The computers love this team, and I think they will continue to get it together. Leaf talked about Kaysen Wallace and what a dynamic freshman he is, especially as a defender. Oh, let's not forget, you bring back the reigning national player of the year and so in Oscar Sheboy. And so if Jake Toppin can continue to grow, if CJ Frederick um, can be the shooter they need him to be. And I think that's a big if that Kentucky can do a lot of things. Well, part of the problem though, is that severe Wheeler while, while a guard, I believe in he himself is not a great shooter. And so that is something that can hold Kentucky back, but there you go. There's my list. Once again, let me read leaves for you. Texas, Virginia, Arkansas, Duke, Yukon, Tennessee, Houston, Illinois. Mine is Yukon, Houston, Purdue, Virginia, Alabama, Kansas, Arizona, Kentucky. Leaf, out of these teams that we've named, and I know it's not 16 total, if you take out the duplicates, it's more like 11 or 12. If you had to pick a team right now to be cutting down the nets, who's it going to be? I, I like the ones we've covered. Um, so the, the four that were on my next year, Kentucky, Baylor, Kansas, and TCU. So TCU would be the one that has not been mentioned whatsoever. Yeah. Um, and Purdue, uh, but Purdue was obviously mentioned in there. Yeah. So I don't think TCU's quite got the capacity to cut down the nets. The other team would be one that you know well, the Carolina Tar Heels. Talent-wise, they should have a chance to play with anyone. Uh, stylistically, they have been a struggle to watch. Um, so. <laughs> So if, if, if we're not mentioning, if we're going from a team that I think is like sweet 16 caliber that can make sure. a run, those are the sure. two. Yeah. Um, but, but the teams I have just on the fringe are Kentucky, Baylor, Kansas, TCU, and Purdue. But yeah. Purdue, I was hair close to putting number In eight. That top so I don't eight. Yeah. them as too much of a tier below. For sure. And, and if I was bringing in a couple others that we haven't, that neither of us have met, as a, of us have mentioned yet it would be the other of the top two AP preseason teams that's Gonzaga I'm not I'm not out on them yet I don't believe when we're talking about great guard play they don't have it and I think that's part of why we're both down on them a little bit um, I'd also want to mention Indiana I know Jalen Hutchifino missed their last game but I really like this team Trace Jackson Davis is a stud they defend really well I had I had Hoosiers fans all up in my mentions after they beat Carolina telling me they were the best defensive team in the country I'm not sold on that yet but I think they are a high level elite defensive unit especially in Assembly Hall but that isn't where you play basketball games in March or April, but I do like the Hoosiers in a big way. Leaf, this is a great conversation. I can't, we need to come back to it, keep tabs on these 18 lists that we both have and see how things actually play out come March and April. Folks, thanks so much for joining with us today. Again, please drop your list. We'd love to see them and have great conversation with you about them. 
For your second listen of the day, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast. It's the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and of course, the take of the day. It's available on Odyssey, YouTube, and anywhere else you get podcasts. Make sure to subscribe, like, and comment. Tomorrow, Andy Patton will be back with you to get you prepped for this crazy Saturday college basketball leaf. It's going to be awesome. But until then, peace. Peace.